1: Hey sis, welcome to the Girl Good Nightcap. With this series, you can wind down or get cozy with your nightcap of choice and let the binaural beats relax you as we read selections other than traditional stories and discuss topics of varying interests, all with a melanated twist, of course. This more relaxed format will allow you to let loose and have some real talk just like you would with your girls. Email us at girlgoodnightpodcast at gmail.com to submit your suggestions for future episodes and follow us on Instagram and Facebook to become part of hashtag girlgoodnightgang. Enhance your girl Goodnight experience with our four-week sleep journal, blank line journal, and more, all available right now in the Girl Goodnight Etsy shop. Just click the link in the episode description and girl, come shop with us. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out in girl goodnight land. And happy Juneteenth to all my peoples. This month, in celebration of fathers and black men, we'll be reading passages from A Put-Together Broken Heart, written by Stephen Williams. Stephen Williams is a 13-year Army veteran who found a passion for writing in high school. He is also the host of the PMS Part in My Sarcasm podcast, On his show, his comments are often sarcastic, and his opinion always matters. Join him as he discusses relationships, current events, and anything else interesting and intriguing. His episodes can be found on all major streaming platforms and the link in the episode description. Passages from a Put-Together Broken Heart is a compilation book of poems and short stories from the author Stephen Williams' childhood. The poems and short stories don't necessarily coincide, but they do give you an insight to the author's creativity and emotions. All links to connect with Stefan and purchase his book will be listed in the episode description. Now, lay back, take a sip, and sleep in melanated peace. Chapter 4, My Best Friend I have memories of our parents dressing us up as if we were triplets even though James is three years older than I am and I'm two years older than Modi. One of my pictures of the three of us has to be when our parents had us looking like the Germany national flag. Timotheus, Dante, Modi, Williams was my best friend. We were literally shadows of each other. If I went somewhere, you can be sure that he wasn't far behind and vice versa. We were truly kindred spirits. I don't recall being as close to James as I was with Modi, and I don't think that was intentional. I just wasn't as close with him as I was with Modi. I love James dearly, and I don't know why I haven't felt as close with him as I did with Modi. I do admit that I had some pent and built-up jealousy and envy to him because I felt he was the golden child, and he was afforded certain exemptments that I didn't receive. Maybe we just didn't get along because we're similar to each other. I may never actually know the reason. At this point, I don't think it actually matters as long as I'm able to build a relationship with him moving forward. I will admit that I haven't looked at friendships or relationships then and now the same ever since Modi died. Personally, I think my life changed trajectories after he died. I was six when he died and didn't fully understand what death meant at that age. The day Modi died, we came home and I recall my dad telling us that he was asleep. So in my head, I'm thinking that we can just go wake him up. I didn't know what that was. I can only imagine what was going through my dad's head when he had to break the news to us. I don't think I've ever asked my parents how they coped or felt after he died. I don't even recall asking James how he felt about it. All I remember is feeling that I lost a piece of me that day. Modi died March 19, 1993, of a cancer then known as Wilms tumor. He was four years old. The tumor is a rare kidney cancer that affects children ages five and under. This particular cancer now has an 80% survival rate. Modi and my mom are some of the strongest people that I know. Through the many doctor's visits and chemotherapy treatments, I don't ever recall seeing Modi without a smile. Although he may have been in a lot of pain physically, he never showed it. I can only imagine how my parents took it. In my opinion, parents should never have to bury their children. Blade. As I sit here with this shiny silver sharp blade, I wonder if I made an impact on anything and made an impact in any way. I wonder if I helped change anyone in any form before today. Today, especially, I'm feeling as though this blade is the only way out. I feel uncertain and filled with emotional doubt. I wonder if I matter. But the more I think, the worse it gets. My anger grows and I realize the problem persists. No one expresses empathy for the feelings and thoughts I have and felt nor do they have to play with the cards that I'm dealt. Here I sit with this shiny silver sharp blade, thinking to myself until my heart stops, sitting here pacing, watching the clock as it tick-tocks. I sit watching the clock literally as my life goes by, sitting and wondering why. Why sit here with this shiny silver sharp blade, wondering if I would destroy myself with the decisions I've made, Until I get more clarity, I will continue to sit here in dismay with this shiny silver sharp blade. Priorities One day there was nothing and God created it all, hoping that one day we'd be like Him and never give up and never fall. I made the choice when I'm down that in Him I would only call. This may catch some off guard and may even leave others appalled. Because with the way I'm living my life now, it's like a religious withdrawal. I need to change my ways like I need to change my draws. From this moment forward, I plan on being more religiously involved. Hopefully all my problems will have then been solved. It's really weird how I felt committed to the game like a sorority. I'm moving different now and piecing together my priorities. I plan to become a better person and learn to help others. Learn to lend a helping hand and help my sisters and brothers. P. Pride and persistence. Something we could all use. R. Reality. We could all use the truth. I. Integrity. Intelligence and intellectuals. O. Observation. The science and essence of different individuals. R. Respect yes respect one to the next i intensively strive for more and give your best t total trust in the ones who tolerate us the most i intervention and bringing others close e everybody because they need love too s special someone who is just like you Poetry knows no color. Whites, Blacks, Puerto Ricans, and Haitians. Japanese, Chinese, Canadians, and Asians. Doesn't matter what race you are as long as what's inside is as clear as can be. A transparent state of mind, pure as the essence of love. Poetry knows no boundaries and has no reasons to judge. Since when did it matter who you were or what race you claimed? As long as for a moment in the infinite existence of choice, you can stake your claim. Yell out your name, be involved in the game. Take time to do what's best and not indulge in the shame. Poetry knows no color and she's far from a racist. She takes heed of your feelings as long as you're not complacent. We should be transparent and pour out our feelings onto scraps of paper. Let our soul bleed until we finally realize that poetry is just as colorless as us. It has its ups and downs just like me and you. She sometimes looks blue and her feelings she always proves. Inside my mind, she lives and tells me things that are true. Isn't it lovely how poetry treats you like no other? Her mind forever present. You won't know what you'll next discover. She respects no race and she knows no color. infatuation a quick comment led to a quick chat that chat led to a long conversation and that conversation left me wanting more some things were left up for debate like how you feel about me and what were you thinking when we engaged in wordplay i wonder what you were doing and what you would say not knowing what i did would leave you in dismay I always cherished the way we talked on that first day. My feelings for you grew stronger. It felt unreal each day as we talked because you knew the deal. The way I made you laugh was just a mirror image of how I made you feel. It was the same. You laughed and giggled intentively. Knowing that you were married, I still felt you so intensively. I had a comeback for your comebacks and made you stop in disbelief and made you question how you could have feelings for this guy so begrudgingly. Maybe it was infatuation, given the gravity of our current situation, which caused you to react in such a vigorous invocation. To you, I give this poem an infatuated dedication. You easily entice me with your sweet, seductive voice. I love that when we conversed, I was your first choice. Like a cup of coffee in the morning, I was your energy choice. To me, the feelings you have for me leaves you a little moist. I came off blunt and a little cocky, but you liked it. I know you're infatuated too, so why even fight it? Would you remember me? If something were to happen to me, if I were blinded and couldn't see, if I was suddenly struck by reality, would you remember me? If I was to go and never to return, gone forever with life's lessons unlearned, no confession here, but it has to burn, would you remember me? If time stopped ticking, if the world stopped and started listening, would I be the one you were missing? Would you remember me? If my feelings for you were left untold, wanted to share them with you but didn't feel so bold... If I was left alone in the night by myself and cold, would you remember me? If I could change the way my feelings are showed, tell you everything about me so that you would know, sit back and watch your beauty grow, would you remember me? If somehow, somewhere I mysteriously died while you were at home wondering why, feeling distraught and started to cry, Breathing in tears and exhaling sighs and left you uncertain of my looming demise? What if I left you wondering about my life? Left you exhausted and filled with strife? Wondering how could I leave behind my kids and my wife? Wondering why to my throat was held a knife? Feeling uneasy on this dark and stormy night. Not feeling so good because of this useless fight. On the brink of my own extinction despite... Despite of my own feelings tonight, would you remember
2: me? What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
0: Chapter
1: 5. What could possibly happen next? I was oblivious to some degree as a child. I didn't realize certain things that happened until I was older. One of the many things I didn't realize at the time is when my parents sent James and me to live with our grandparents that they were actually going through a divorce. I'm not completely sure if my parents sat us down and told us that they were getting divorced or not. I just know that eventually we were living with our grandparents and every now and then we would visit our dad, who by then moved to Washington State. I have to willingly admit that some of these next few years were the hardest for me. I don't think I fully even admitted that before today I had anger towards my parents because this is the second time I felt abandoned by loved ones. Although unintentionally, I was first abandoned by Modi. He moved on to a better place after his life was over, but I still felt that he left me here. I felt abandoned again when my parents divorced and sent us to live with our grandparents. I can admit that I wasn't the model child and was very mischievous. I would push the envelope or see how far I could agitate someone before I actually got in trouble. I consider that typical middle child and adolescent behavior. I now realize at 35 years old that I may have been too much for my mom to handle at a younger age. A heartbroken woman who was both grieving the loss of her youngest son due to cancer and coming to grips with the fact that she just went through a divorce. Not only that, but she had to relocate and receive help from her parents while looking for a new job and career while trying to raise two other sons. So again, I was oblivious to the things at that time. I was a child, but as I look back, I shouldn't have given my parents such a hard time for decisions they made on my behalf because they were also dealing with their own problems. At that time, however, I felt abandoned because I was shipped off to live with my dad because I needed a father figure in my life. I did need a father figure in my life, but my dad wasn't the father that I needed him to be. Now, this isn't a knock on either of my parents. This is just me finally getting it out of my system and letting go of the pent-up anger and frustration that I sometimes still hold on to. Some of that frustration may have also been aimed toward James because, again, I thought he was the golden child and was afforded certain exemptions that I wasn't privy to. For instance, when James needed a father figure, he was able to stay with his godfather in the same city that our grandparents had lived, while I, on the other hand, was moved to Tacoma, Washington to serve time with my father. Apologies for black girl. As I look back on this situation, I could see everything going downhill. You made it apparent at times to others and I didn't know how you would feel. My feelings were true. They were authentic and real. How is it that in one day, our relationship friendship was killed? I understand I did some stupid things, but in all honesty, we all make mistakes. After it fell apart, I was willing to fix the problem no matter what it would take. What I told you was real, no make-believe, no scripted plays or feelings that were fake. So why is it that weeks later, it's impossible for me to shake? Shake the way it ended, the way you seem to hate me. I wondered to myself over and over, how could this be? I made a mistake and I'm willing to make it up, you see. Until I apologize, I won't ever feel emotionally free. Why? This wasn't supposed to be the end. Wondering if I should call, so instead I chose this poem to send. It was you who reminded me that if it didn't work, we could be lifelong friends. I send out my deepest apologies, not only because I was wrong, but to restart a friendly trend. I apologize because I didn't think of things that I said when I said them. I apologize for not being considerate and for the misunderstanding. I apologize for acting younger than my age. I apologize for sending you on this emotional twirl. These apologies are for you. Apologies for a black girl. You're worth so much more. It's amazing how you insist that you need a man to be there for you all the time, but sometimes that gets complicated and he ends up messing with your mind. The lines between love and lust are only a thin, fine line. Make sure you see with your heart because love is often blind. It's easy to see a person for what they are on the outside. They can be kind instead of true love. You end up having your feelings intertwined. It seems like love when thoughts of you have often sent chills up your spine. It's important that you find the right person at the right moment and time. It would be so easy for me to say that I feel the same way too, but that would just be something that I could say or do. I don't want you to end up feeling left alone, abused, and misused especially when I made promises that couldn't or wouldn't come true. You need someone like me to do the things you want him to do, but I'm so far away and have no one to belong to. I could and would be the man that you like, if only you knew. That's why when I read your poem, I felt that you were dealing with issues. It's painful, I know. You want someone you can adore, But wait a little bit longer is all that I implore. Then you'll find what love has for you in store. Rather than having pain seep in and exit through your pores. You want a man to sweep you off your feet and carry you through emotional doors. Instead of leaving bruises and marks, scars and sores. You need someone who has no second thoughts, no eathers and ors. You should wait is all I ask because you're worth so much more. Returned home. Returned home lost in the thoughts of his own mind, the young brave teenager goes out in search for his destiny. Instead, it leads him to roads that lead to more roads and more questions. This young man has had the choice to live his life on the edge, live his life secretly, or to make his own destiny. He chose to make his own. Thus, he heads out into a cold, dark, and lonely world with nothing but ambitions and hopes to find what he wants all along. But what he wants, he cannot find out in the world. In himself, he must look and find the things that he wants are already wrapped up inside of him. So, he leaves his family, he leaves his friends, and the ones who wish him well. The ones who loved him, the ones who hated him, all wished him well. Why? Because he was going to search for what he was told can only come true in fairy tales. He wanted to search for the truth. He wanted action and adventure. He wanted to live his life on the edge. So, this young teenager goes out and goes wild. He goes to the club and picks up a bottle and drinks until the bottle is empty. He runs into the wrong crowd and doesn't realize that he's on a fast track to a destructive future. He begins to steal. He begins to curse and party and have wild, unprotected sex with whatever girl will lay with him. One day, he decides to go to the doctor for an annual sports physical. He sees the doctor, and the doctor tells him that he is HIV positive. The teenager is stunned, confused, and scared. Not knowing what to do, he shuts down and becomes depressed. A teenager who had his whole life to look forward to suddenly thinks that every moment he is living now is worthless because he feels that he is already dead he becomes even more reckless and stupid hurting his own body the boy puts himself into the worst position possible he turned on his family and decided to deal and sell drugs not only did he sell drugs but he dipped into his own supply until one day everything changes when he is shot three times and put into a coma. When he wakes up out of the coma, it is three weeks later. The doctor tells him that he will be lucky if he can even walk. The boy decides that for a change, he wants to go visit his grandparents at the cemetery. Somehow he gets to the cemetery and upon being wheelchaired to his grandparents' grave, he sees the graves of his closest friends and family. He thinks that it is just a coincidence until he strolls a little further and sees his own grave. What the hell? How is this possible? He falls out of his wheelchair and smashes his head onto a headstone. When he wakes up, he realizes that it was all a dream. He has returned home and from that day lived his life like there was no tomorrow. In a good way, that is. The teenager died that night in his dream, but returned to us a man. Lust. Lust. Can I have what I want, when, where, and how I want it? Can you give what I want and at the same time seem persistent? Is it possible that I can want you for now, but not know how to get you? possible for me to be totally honest and always be true how to keep you for me alone without feeling pursued or is it possible for you to feel the same but at the same time be confused lust less, less. can i have you and at the same time have you have me always tell the truth and live in total honesty give you what you want and always be that one in who you can believe Is that at all possible, or is it too hard to conceive? Must I make a big scene, drop to my knees, and beg and plead? Or would all of this drive you away, which would drive a sane man to insanity? Lust, lust, lust. Is it me, or does it seem the more I want you, I find myself not being able to you? This seems funny to some, but it leaves my head emotionally screwed. Unable to have what is clearly in front of my eyes leaves me physically fooled. Feeling handy at times and others like a useless tool. All because of this wanting, this longing, this lust. I want what I can't have, but I will have you. I must. Instead, I get left behind, left wondering, left breathing in this seductive dust. All because of this feeling of... You guessed it, lust. Take your time. It's never too late to commit to what you feel you want, nor is it ever too early to not commit to where you feel uneasy. It's never the right option to give it up just because you were pressured. Hold on to what you got, and you'll be happy you did. Believe me. Me being a guy... I know all the ways a guy would try to persuade you. The choice is truly yours. Just use your voice and speak up. Let him know that no means no and stand by your words. Make sure he understands that when you said no more, it means that you've had enough. It's easy just to give in and give up what you've got before. It's your chance. I made that mistake and regretted it. But yet I choose to voice my opinion. I wish I would have kept that one thing that kept me innocent. That thing that made me me. Sitting here, I can say that I have a new way of living. Keep your head up. Enjoy life in the time you're given. And when it's your time, you will definitely shine. Don't let no one persuade you to do what you don't want to do. Wait for the perfect moment and take your time. Are you still up? Girl, good night.